0: I'm a person who you know, knows what I think by saying it out loud. So mm-hmm. I go for a walk and I record myself. And sometimes I have that, I'll have it transcribed and then I'll create an outline from it. So mm-hmm. that's one of the ways I'll prepare something. But I have clients who it's easier for them to write at first, but either way, the way we write is not the way we speak and it doesn't translate well. Right. So you gotta go from that script, right? Just like you're talking about, to an outline that you could extemporaneously speak from.
1: Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders Podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner, and I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast-track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am your host, Emmy Krushner. And on today's show, my guest is completely and truly amazing because she helps people with their biggest nightmare, public speaking. Michelle Berry-Franco is a high impact speaking coach for founders and business leaders. And she helps her clients deliver captivating talks on keynote and TEDx stages, as well light up their teams to deliver great work. She is also the author of Beyond Applause, Make a Meaningful Difference Through Transformational Speaking. I am so excited to have you here because one, I wanna be able to share some of my speaking nightmares as somebody who's spoken on all sorts of different stages, but this is really the thing that scares the
0: crap out of people. So
1: how do you make your magic?
0: First of all, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here and have this conversation and hear about your speaking. What did you call it? Did you say fiasco or? Fiasco, nightmares. Nightmares. Yeah. There's been some fun moments. I can't wait to die. I have some too. The people that I work with might feel that way, but they also are called to the stage. And that's what I find lots of times, right? So there are some people like my sister. Hey, Ange who won't get on a stage. She's just not going to. She feels that way and she's not going to get on a stage unless she is, she'll is. she be kicking and screaming. Right. Those aren't who I work with, of course. And so, so the people that I work with are people who know they have a message and often a story, their own personal story that they really want to share. And they know that it's life-changing And yet they may still be petrified. There's this sort of like push pull of, oh my gosh, I can see myself up there, but it feels like a chasm, a huge distance getting from where they are now to the way they imagine themselves feeling in front of that audience, right? Right. Yeah. So first of all, it's a recognition of this being. The magic starts with seeing what, just how we work as humans. And one of the fundamental things even for people who love being up on the stage is that we have this primal brain and our primal part of our brain. And that primal part of our brain says, danger, danger, do not get up in front of a bunch of people and proclaim your stand because you will be rejected. You will be judged. And if Mm -hmm. you are ousted from this tribe, you will be killed by a neighboring, you know, like enemy tribe or a large animal. Right. Right. Saber tooth tiger. It's your like primal brain that's saying that. So they too have that. Now the ones who really love it have kind of taken those same sensations in their body and, and they, they understand them differently. They see them differently. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm having all these sensations, but I know once I get up there, I'm going to love it too. You don't have to feel that way, but often that's how they feel.
1: Yeah. Cause I've been speaking for 10 years, probably now. Yeah. And I very clearly remember the first time that I spoke, it was only 10 minutes. Yeah. And I had that vision that you're talking about. Like I can see myself speaking. Yeah. And it was the most awful experience. Oh, what happened? <laughs> I wasn't prepared enough. Like I I thought I was gonna be able to ad lib it. Uh-huh, yes. Like I knew what my concept and my points were yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And so preparation, and then I forgot mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And you know, that happens, I think. For everybody at some point, like you lose your train of thought or whatever. And now I'm great at circling back and people don't even know that I forgot whatever because it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But at that moment, in my first stage for 10 minutes in front of, you know, I think it was like 20 entrepreneurial men, (laughs) wrong market for me, I was just like, uh.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's so different. That's one of the reasons, so many things I want to sort of touch on in there. But yeah, it's one of the reasons that I recommend. Practicing out loud. So first of all, recommend prepping and practicing, which I, you know, many <laughs> people don't. And the reason they don't is often because of the anxiety. See, speaking anxiety is stealthy. And it starts really early, it kind of starts the moment, you know, you're going to do it, even if you want to, for Mm -hmm. many of us, I won't speak for every single person, of course, but, but for many of us, it it kind of those feelings arise in our body, when we're here, we're going to, to be up there speaking, and because we make a lot of meaning out of how we feel which is really where the fundamental misunderstanding is. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, we can handle feeling anything. And when you really, really get it, that you can handle any feeling, you get to do anything, including stand up on a stage with thousands of people out there and make a mistake, or whatever, it opens up your world, right. But back to this whole why they don't prepare, they get that feeling, and then we want to avoid it. And the way to avoid feeling like that is to not think about the talk and tell ourselves things like, it's fine. I know what I'm going to say up there. And then we rehearse kind of maybe while we're driving in our head. But if you don't say it out loud and hear yourself, you don't see the holes and where it's not working. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) And I practice, I I
1: script some things and then I practice out loud now. Yeah. Because what sounds great on paper does not say or sound amazing when you're in the middle of the talk sometimes
0: that's or right. instance, to you and nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the danger with scripting. I don't recommend scripting, although I have many clients who like to script first. Mm-hmm. Like some people are, it's just better for them to write. I'm a person who you know, knows what I think by saying it out loud. So mm-hmm. I go for a walk and I record myself. And sometimes I have that, I'll have it transcribed. And then I'll create an outline from it. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways I'll prepare something. But I have clients who it's easier for them to write at first. But either way, the way we write is not the way we speak. And it doesn't translate well. So you got to go from that script, right? Just like you're talking about, to an outline that you could extemporaneously speak from. But Mm -hmm. I don't mean extemporaneously like wait until you're up on the stage and then speak from it. I mean, extemporaneously while you practice many times. Exactly, exactly. And that's essentially, I mean I write it out, script it, yep.
1: speak it, realize where the, you know, the boo-boos and the who's. Yeah. And then <laughs> it comes down to an outline so that I've got like 10 words on an outline. Yes,
0: perfect. That sounds so, great. You yeah. got it down.
1: It's not about having it memorized for me, it's about getting the concepts out. Sometimes I'll replace different stories depending on the audience just because I know that's the thing they need to hear in that moment. Yeah. But yeah, that planning and preparation piece is yeah. really key. How long, I'm curious, if you have like a guideline, like how long should somebody prepare for a speech? And I know like obviously time is gonna make a big difference in yeah. that the difference in preparation between 10 minutes and three hours.
0: Yeah, it really does. This is an annoying answer, but I'll expand on it. I mean, it really does depend. So when I work with TEDx speakers, they generally and, and high-level keynote main stage speakers who are, you know, being paid a lot of money to get up there. And the, the prep is longer, all, not always, but almost always. But I'll, I'll, ta- I'll speak to the TEDx stage specifically because those aren't usually, sometimes they're similar to a keynote, but TED has its own kind of ethos about it. And often that's the closest often that clients get to scripting And then they will practice for many, many, many hours so that the talk lives in them. And I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert, maybe it was Elizabeth Gilbert who said this, she was talking about preparing for her TEDx talk. And she said, I walked that talk into my bones. Mm -hmm. And, And when it's a quote unquote, and I say this very, I wanna say some more about this in a minute, but when it's quote unquote high stakes, which is never how I want you to think about a talk, but I know that that puts it in an arena that people can understand. When it feels to you like it, you know, this matters and Mm -hmm. you really want it to be good. Well, yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time practicing and preparing and refining and you definitely want to coach someone who knows how to support you through this. You don't have to do that with every talk. And you can, of course, like if you want to, if public speaking is going to be your thing, then do it with a lot of talks, a lot of styles of talks, because you want to have that kind of impact each time. So part of it is the kind of talk it is and your goals around that talk. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the other part of it is how much mastery do you have over this content? And this is an interesting one, I think, to think about. Now, it doesn't. For, you need to have mastery over the content and an understanding of great speaking because there are many people who are experts, experts in a content area, that's where the danger zone comes in. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I've been doing this for 30 years. I can go up and talk about this for three days, right? That's what they're thinking. And we're like, yep. (laughs) And that's what's going to happen. You know, you're just going to, so you still have to know how to refine it. But if you understand the fundamentals of great speaking, how to put together an outline how to practice sort of like with an audience in mind, what audience analysis and what I call audience intimacy means, then you probably know how to put together a talk pretty quickly. If someone calls me in off the street and wants to, and, and it's just like, oh my gosh, Michelle, our speaker just didn't show up. Can you come in and talk about public speaking? Of course I can. I mean, besides right. that's very meta, right? I also happen to be an expert at that process, right? but on many other topics, no, I, I could not right? So it does depend. And I'm sure you have your topic area that if someone pulled you up, but well, you've also been speaking for 10 years, yeah. right? So you've got both, right? So yeah. that doesn't answer it very well at all. Well, here's what I'll say. That's helpful because, and the reason I think it's important to talk about that range is you will hear you all who are listening. will hear people out there say, I am so much better when I don't prepare. And there are even public speaking experts that will say things like, you know, you can over prepare. And, and, and while that's maybe true, I think a lot of people take that to mean they they sort of swing it the other way because it's more comfortable to not spend all the time and energy there. You absolutely want to give your practice all the way through your talk three to five times at the minimum, not just your intro. A lot of times people will practice their intro and go, ah, you know what? I know the rest of it. Because they're bored. They're bored saying the same thing over and over again. I guarantee, great, you're going to get up there and feel good about the intro. If you have not gone all the way through it, your call to action, your, you know, what I call happy bliss, like reminder of why this is all worth it, what you're recommending, you're not going to deliver it in the way that like they carry out, right, with energy. Well, I think what Elizabeth Gilbert said with with
1: that quote about it being in her bones, like that's truth. Because you're going to connect with the audience in an entirely different way when it's in your bones and you can feel it because that feeling is going to radiate out as opposed to you're talking. And at the same time, you're like, what do I need to say next? What's the next story?
0: I love that, right? It is your presence in the moment. Mm -hmm. That makes you an impactful speaker and the way that you are present, just like you're describing. I love that is you give yourself and your audience the gift of doing all the prep ahead of time Mm -hmm. so you can just show up and deliver what's living in you already. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love speaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good.
1: So share with the audience too. Like, how did you become a speaking coach? How did this become your superhero power?
0: I only know looking backward. So just as Steve Jobs said, right? Like I can only connect the dots looking backward. Right. So when I was in high school, we lost my brother, my older brother to an alcohol overdose. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was of course very hard. We were really close and Mm -hmm. I was at a brand new school. I was at a brand new high school just to top it off. And so, you know, I came back after this, I don't know, I took a week or some days off school and came back to school and was just kind of, I think I had this energy that I wanted to do something with. And there was a Mothers Against Drunk Drivers chapter at Mm -hmm. our high school. And so I joined that organization. I mean, it wasn't a drunk driving accident. He overdosed but uh, on alcohol, but it was connected. It was related, you know? And so I joined that organiza- that sort of group and we went around and showed these gory car crash scenes, you know, to try to, and, and did these talks to try to help our, our classmates not to drink and drive. And then when I got into college, HIV and AIDS was everywhere. I was studying human sexuality. And so I joined what the peer education program and, and toured the campus with a banana and a binder full of the many textures and flavors of condoms. So I did these things. It, so I was public speaking, mm-hmm. but you know, it wasn't because I couldn't wait to get in front of my classmates and you know, <laughs> put a condom on a banana or right? you know, show these terrible car crash scenes. It was because I, I just, there was something I felt like they needed to know And, and this seemed, this was the most powerful way to do it. Like this was the way to tell a bunch of people at once. And then my path took a lot of different directions. I didn't think about it like public speaking. It wasn't like, Oh, get me on all the stages. Nothing. I've never felt that way. Actually many of my clients do, but that's not the way I feel about speaking. But for me, what I have seen is that there is no more powerful way to change a lot of lives at once. Right. Then authentic, powerful public speaking. So as I went through different paths, and you know, I worked in insurance, I worked in high-tech during that dot-com era right there in Silicon Valley. But I watched my colleagues who'd get to the front of the room, and they were dynamic, interesting, fun people to interact with at work, then they'd get to the front of the room and just morph into these like hyper-professional, boring presenters. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was in graduate school studying communication, not having made the connection yet with public speaking in any way, (laughs) studying communication. But one of the things you do in graduate school, if you want to, in communication is teach public speaking. Right. So I'm like, what in the world has happened to these people? So it just all kind of started to evolve from there. I'm like, I want to help them because they've obviously forgotten what they learned in college. And then it just morphed into me really, as I learned about coaching and I met a lot of coaches, so I worked with a lot of coaches and wellness experts, people who are in the work of transformation. And I saw how much they struggled with telling their own story in a way that was captivating and useful mm-hmm. for the audience. So I just took those skills and kind of ended up transferring it. Really, it all just happened little bit by bit. That's
1: so incredible. And I'm laughing because your path is as non-traditional and non-linear as mine is. And I've worked in insurance and financial services and yeah. planning and catering to all get here. Yep. Like that's, I love meeting other people who have similar yeah. non-linear windy paths, and, yeah. but all of those dots connect everything. And that's what allows you to be amazing at what you do and really help people. Yeah. Because I think yeah. it's hard to
0: put the story together by yourself. Yes, it is. And, and I think also hard, you know, you see these, you see people, especially in the, in the transformation world for coaches and wellness experts and, and even founders who, you know, of different kinds of companies uh, who I also work with, who are trying to tell their story, but the story, the way they tell it to themselves is the details are, are different than the details that will be the most useful for Mm -hmm. the people that they know they're meant to serve. And it's so hard to see that through our own experiences. Right, right. And and I think different things
1: resonate with us than with yes. other people. So it's finding out what's going to really resonate with the other people.
0: That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I like to say a lot of times with the process of telling your own, what I call your story of transformation, it's just not to fall in love with your own story, which yeah. is what I see happen a lot in the coaching and wellness world. There's so much sort of, <laughs> I think they end up, and this is so innocent. I mean, they're. I think they're trying to do what they're seeing other people do, but they're missing the audience intimacy piece. When, when you get too focused on the details that seem important to you or that moment of laying on the floor, nothing wrong with laying on the floor and having a big moment. And I know it's happened for many, but you don't have to have that. Right. That isn't what's required. When you ask yourself, what is this audience what are they desperately needing what are they struggling with and you just hold up a mirror and say through your own story me too i've been there here's my honest you know my honest story but where you can see yourselves in it and you can see that i made it out the other side there's nothing right. more powerful than that right yeah and I, that's what we need to hear more
1: of because yeah. we all have ups and downs in our lives and when you're in either the downhill slide or at the bottom it's really helpful to have other people who are on the upswing or at you know the top of their game be like hey I've been
0: there come with me. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious for people who they've got the story and they want to speak but they're not sure how to share it and they feel like their topic is either boring or they're not a dynamic personality, how can they start taking a few steps to get on that stage?
0: Well, the first thing is those two descriptors that you just gave, right? They feel like their topic is boring or they're not very dynamic. And the, the biggest barrier to anyone getting on a stage is what they're saying to themselves about their ability to get on a stage. Mm-hmm. So if I just look at the, you know, this topic is boring. I mean, I worked in insurance for seven years and I, people would talk all the time, and I work with financial institutions. I've been training speakers at financial institutions for years And, you know, they will say, I can't, you know, my topic is not interesting. There's no way to make it interesting. I'm like, are you telling me that if I, if my house burns to the ground Mm -hmm. at, you know, and I don't have any way to replace my, my home where I care for my family, that that is not inherently human and powerful and meaningful in other people's lives, it's just a story you're telling yourself about this being boring. The truth is you can't be boring because no one will listen to you. Absolutely right, yeah. <laughs> you can't. But that is not inherently boring. That is inherently human. Mm-hmm. And, but you have to find that. You have to find your own connection to, to the place where it matters. Again, audience intimacy is, right. You know who are the people that you're going to be speaking with? What do they care about? How can you speak to that and serve them in a way that lights them up? hmm doesn't matter what the topic is. And then I love talking about what I call natural charisma, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, which I believe every single human has Mm -hmm. natural charisma. Charisma is deeply misunderstood because we always think of like politicians and movie stars, and they're the ones who have all the charisma. It's just not true. Charisma is a combination of kind of a power and confidence and warmth and connection. Now, everyone can create that with uh, with the right people in their audience when they let go of trying to be someone that they're not. When they let go of trying to be like a politician or a movie star or the speaker they saw on the TED Talk they watched last week or yesterday Mm -hmm. or all week last week.
1: Yeah, just be yourself. That's right. And be warm and open and inviting and the rest of it will just come.
0: Yeah. And, and, audience intimacy helps with that. So one of, one of the things is understanding that you have a big story about you not being interesting. I mean, think about the well-known speakers. I love to point out Eckhart Tolle. I love to point out Tara Brock, who are both, you know, in the spirituality realm. I mean, good Lord, they have like the same, you know, their voices are the same tone all the time. Not, not Tara Brock as much, but oh my gosh, have huge followings of people and mm-hmm. hearts are burst open in their audiences. Mm-hmm. But they got, they, they're, they're bringing who they are and they've connected with the audience that, that wants that medicine, wants what they have to, mm-hmm. to give. So it's also who, who are you uniquely meant to serve with your story and your, and your own natural charisma style?
1: Yeah, and there's an audience for everybody. Yes, there is. Right. It's just finding the people who your story is going to help. Yep, absolutely. Cool. I'd love to shift gears a little bit, if you don't mind. And I'm curious what inspired you to write your book?
0: So I was writing a book about how to craft a great talk because, you know, I thought that's what I needed, that that would be helpful out there in the world. And I have lots of skills and tools around that. And then I spoke a a soon-to-be client, uh, so I guess I was a client in that she brought me in to speak for her organization. And we're standing outside her office afterwards. She had sat in on the speaking event, and she was saying to me outside of her office door, she said, um, she was saying, you know, like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so helpful. I took all these notes. And then she kind of leans in and whispers to me and says, you know, I'd really love to do a lot more speaking. I've always imagined myself on the stage, like inspiring thousands of women. And I'm looking at this dynamic person who's been in the media, who has spoken on great stages, and I'm like perplexed. And I say, Well, what's stopping you? Right. And she said, How do you even get on those stages? Like, I know people who are on the committees that are putting on these conferences, and I still can't get on the main stage. And I had just had this like insight in the middle of this conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, Michelle, this is what everyone's asking you. They're not asking me how to craft a great talk. Now, eventually they want to know how to craft a great talk. When Mm -hmm. they get on that, when they have the opportunity to be on a great stage, then they're like, okay, now how do I be really awesome? And I was just, so the book that I was writing, which I was in the early stages of anyway, I'm like, that's not the book I'm going to write. I'm going to answer this question. How do I get on great stages? So I went back and I looked at all the clients I've worked with and all the well-known thought leaders. And I thought, what are they doing that other people who want to be on stages or even clients who haven't been as successful aren't doing? Mm -hmm. And that's when I came up with the path to thought leadership, which is what the book is about, which is basically take a stand for something that matters, you commit to serve through that stand, which does include learning how to be a dynamic, you know, a, an engaging and transformative speaker. And then you go where they gather and serve consistently over time. So that's how I ended up writing the book. And it does have how to craft a great talk in there. But the focus is really what is your stand and how do you step into leadership? Because when you're a recognized leader, people want you on their stages. hmm
1: yeah, and that's what I love about speaking, public speaking, is that you have an authority and an expertness in sharing your story, yeah. and it's a great way to lead people to a better place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so cool. So, so where do people find the book? So they can get a free copy, a free digital copy of the whole book okay. uh, at michelleberryfranco.com forward slash free book or, you know, any of the online book retailers, it's also Mm -hmm. available. It's the same book. Of course, I know I like to write in my books. And so you can certainly buy a copy, but I I know that there are a lot of free eBooks out there. This is not an ebook. This is an actual full book. (laughs) So I, if you if you know, you want to get those of you who are listening, if you know, you want to get on great stages. I I just did everything I could to answer that question in that book.
1: That's awesome. And we've got the link or the link will go in the show notes for Free book, so that's awesome. That's an amazing gift, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure. I love giving it away. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to download a copy. Awesome, curious too. Like, as you've written this book and you're helping all of these people, we're kind of closing out 2020. What's next for you coming into 2021 or even beyond that?
0: You know, isn't that the question for so many of us? Yes, you know, I know what I know, I can tell you what I know. And that is that I am increasingly devoted. I always have been, but, but my devotion is deepening to the rising up of the voices of girls and women mm-hmm. in leadership in our world. And so I have a new project that I'm working on in, in that domain that, mm-hmm. I'm, that I feel really, really excited about. And, you know, it's just a natural extension. Most of my clients are women already. I love that I get to bring girls into the, into the mix earlier, because what I really want is for, from an earlier age, you know, I work with women in all, I mean, many, many leadership positions, very high level leadership who are running multi-million dollar companies. I help them craft talks. and I can tell you this, our training, our societal training to not trust our voice is so powerful. That even at these highest levels, Mm -hmm. just like it seeps in, especially when you're doing something quote unquote high stakes, which again, let it go. There's nothing high stakes, just show up and serve. But I know we're trained to think that way. It's just that indoctrination into being quiet and into sort of buffering, what is the right word? Like just not taking our full stand is so powerful. I want to start earlier with girls so that they really, really see their voices as powerful.
1: That's incredible. And so aligned too, with where, like, I see myself moving into 2021 as well. And I'm seeing this all around where yeah. women, and I, I mean, I'm generalizing here, but there's so many different levels and aspects where women are finally coming into their voice and speaking yeah. their truth in a very different way than we have in our past. And it's being heard. Yeah. Like it's not falling on deaf ears as much anymore. Yeah, And I think that's gonna create an incredible tidal wave
0: yeah.
1: of really evening out the patriarchal, Societies that we've created over the last millennia, yeah, and for something that'll be more peaceful, more sustainable, happier, healthier. And I'm really looking forward to being a part of that. So I think it's cool that we're aligned in that area, as well. yeah. I
0: can't wait to see how yours develops, too. So you're in the development phase, is that what you're just kind of yeah? Like, I've been thinking it. about
1: it. Yeah. Uh, I have a book kind of percolating in the back Ooh. of my head, so I'm not like. I'm not clear about the outcome, but I have stories that I want to share. Yeah. And I have seen it with a number of my clients recently where like they've really stepped into their voice and set new boundaries. Yeah, And when they do that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's a little you know, scary because like I'm doing this new thing, but the results they're getting in their personal lives or their business with relationships is just amplified in such a positive way right. that it's really cool to, to watch.
0: Yes. It is. And it's cool because I think we are emboldening one another more and more mm-hmm. as we watch each other What do what feels really scary. And it, and it makes sense that it feels scary because that patriarchal indoctrination <laughs> is so strong that even those of us, I mean, it first came to me back in, a whole story about it, but I won't say it now, but it, back in 2016, when it first sort of, I was watching the Me Too movement really start to It was happening before that, but, but start to show up in my Facebook feed in particular. And I remember sitting in front of my computer and going, wow, these women, I had never, like, these are powerful women who say what they, you know, who share their stories and they were sharing stories they would never shared before Mm -hmm. that they had kept quiet. And I, and of course I sat there like so many of us going, me too. So it's like, you don't even know that you were being quiet. So now we're just sort of coming into that realization more and more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, I think a lot of fun yeah. to see what the outcome is. And I'm yeah. really glad that you're going to be on your journey, creating something
0: yeah. equally wonderful and powerful.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is that is leadership. Yeah, that's yeah. right. People often will, you know, they'll want to talk about, use the term thought leadership a lot. And, you know, they're like, what is a thought leader? And can anyone be a thought leader? I'm like, you know, what thought leadership is in my view, mm-hmm. thought leadership is commitment to showing up and sharing your best ideas as they, as they come the very best cutting edge of your ideas. And that's thought leadership. There's no, you know, nobody has to tell you that you are a thought leader. Now I don't, I was interviewed by a well-known magazine or, or uh, newspaper because I did an, a video on why you should call yourself a thought leader. And they thought I was going to be like, yes, definitely introduce yourself as a thought leader. But, but what I really mean is yes, call yourself a thought leader to know yourself as a thought leader, because then you act into that, but no, don't shake someone's hand and say, hi, I'm Michelle and a thought leader. I mean, of course not Right. But own it because that is how you start to step into your next best idea and share it. So it serves. right. Right. Well, and that's why I started
1: my community in Facebook and the podcast here. Yep. I wanted people and entrepreneurs in particular to recognize and understand and own that they are leaders. Yes. Like that's everybody right. that's listening, you are a leader because yeah. you're thinking and acting differently. You're taking risks. You're doing the things that matter for, you know, to you. And like that's leadership. That's right. That's yeah. that's it. So I love everything that you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything you're saying too. We do have to wrap up. We, yeah. I, I feel like you know, we could hang out and yeah. uh, jam for another couple of hours, but share with everybody where they can connect with you. Where are the best places to, to find you?
0: michelleberryfranco.com. Is my website. Okay. I'm on Instagram, off and on, not super consistently all the time, but you can check it out. Uh, but my my website, and then if you if you decide to download my book, that will bring you into our email community, and then I serve you every week with leadership thought, leadership delights, and you know other whatever else is going on. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody, download the book. Thank you. Yeah. And again, the link for the book is in the
1: show notes, and the title of the book is Beyond Applause. Make a meaningful difference through transformational speaking, which I love. It just feel mm-hmm. warm and inviting. Thank you. So Michelle, this has been awesome. Thank you yes. so much.
0: I really enjoyed it too. Thank you. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.